Oh shit. Here we go again. Sean, joined by Steph. I think we just overcame some technical difficulties. We are good to go. <laughs> um, week 10 just passed us, man. A lot of good football in the rear view mirror. Uh, but before we talk about the big games of the week, what's up, Steph? How you doing today, bro? Man, I'm feeling great. My team put up a 60 on, on somebody, so I'm happy with that. And there was a lot of great games over the weekend, so... It's always good. For sure. As we get closer towards the end of the season, we learn a lot and a lot more about each of these teams week in and week out. So we had a few of these teams that still had a chance, like uh, LSU, that are now potent- or, uh, pretty much eliminated, I guess, from all major uh, opportunities. I guess they could still play in a nice bowl game and – I'm sure they have personal goals as a team, but yeah, man, a lot of uh, heartbreak this week. Missouri, another team that took an L um, after a close one to Georgia, but we'll talk all about those in just one second. But before we do that, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Pigskin Live. Um, Just trying to build a community, trying to get interactions and just um, really talk about the sport that we all love. That's why we started this podcast, and um, like you said, I'm trying to build a community, man. So follow us there. Um, and make sure you guys like, subscribe, rate us a five-star here on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, depending on whichever one you're listening to. All right, let's get into the games. A few big games, a couple uh, top teams put to the test. Georgia and Ohio State were... I guess, tested by Rutgers and Missouri. Um, what are your thoughts on that Missouri game? Because uh, I guess I thought Missouri, they had opportunity here and there. They are up early on in the game, but um, I guess Georgia's just too good, man. Yeah, Georgia just seems like they could find a way to win no matter who they're against. It seems like they always play at the level of their competition, but whenever – they just need that first down or they need that score or they need that stop. They just always get it when it matters. Um, we saw the same thing versus Auburn. We saw the same thing versus a bunch of the other teams. And and the only times where they really seemed to blow a team away were, what, Kentucky and, I guess, Florida. Um, so against Missouri, I mean, Missouri is a really good team. I think they played really well. Unfortunately, Luther Burden got banged up during the game, and he did end up finishing the game, but I don't think he was the same after the fact. He did have that long touchdown in the beginning. But, yeah, Missouri just wasn't able to to make those crucial plays like Georgia was. And when you're in a game like that against a team like Georgia, you have to be able to make those crucial plays. And sad for Missouri, but Georgia just keeps on rolling. Um, This was kind of what I expected from this game, and – it was fun to watch, so and the Bulldogs to me, in my opinion, the Bulldogs should be number one 
um, coming this Tuesday in the playoff rankings. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I think uh, they probably will be number one, especially after that scare that Rutgers was able to give Ohio State. They were up um, <laughs> pretty deep there the third quarter. If it wasn't for um, a pick six that kind of switched momentum there towards the end of the third quarter. Um, I don't know. Rutgers looked like they were giving Ohio State their best shot. So um, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see that Georgia and Ohio State flip. Um, although Ohio State did wind up beating Rutgers and covering the spread, I think, which was like 18 points or something like that. It was a great atmosphere for Rutgers. I was there in person for that game. Great game. Rutgers played great. It, it just goes to show, man, Rutgers has really come a long way. I know um, we're not big fans of moral wins here on this podcast, but for a, a team like Rutgers who's been at the bottom of the FBS for so many years, it, it does feel kind of nice to see them uh, hit Ohio State in the face with a couple punches instead of getting beat they're on. They're 6-3, and three and they're going yeah. bowling. So, yeah. to me, that's a huge accomplishment for, for, sure. for a team like Rutgers. Yep. Um, so, yeah, uh, Ohio State and Georgia, they both escape. Uh, Michigan and Florida State, they roll. They handle business. But um, let's talk a little bit about this Washington-USC game. It kind of took over Twitter. Um, kind of not even for the result, but for what happened after the fact with the whole Caleb Williams crying thing. And kind of do want to get your thoughts on that in a second. But first, we could talk a little bit um, about the game. Um, what were just overall thoughts about the game? And I think we both expected Washington to win this game. We we knew about USC's issues specifically on defense, and they did just fire uh, defensive coordinator Alex Grinch. Um, so they are making changes there um, now and moving forward into the future. Like I said, finally, it seems like it came a little too late. The season is pretty much over now. But, um, yeah, man, thoughts on this game? It was a pretty entertaining game for the most part. Yeah, this game also went sort of how I expected it to to go, um, being a shootout between both teams. USC's defense is so bad. They are so terrible. I mean, we know Washington is one of the top offenses in the country. But when you let somebody score 52 points on you, it doesn't really matter who it is because that's just unacceptable. And they actually made Washington look like they could run the ball. Washington hasn't really been able to run the ball all year. Dylan Johnson had 26 carries for 256 yards. He hadn't ran in with that many yards all year. <laughs> I mean, I mean two hundred fifty six is insane. That's what happened in Florida a few weeks ago against Kentucky, where that yeah. guy ran for almost three hundred yards. I mean, look, these are his stats leading up to the game: seven carries for twelve yards, eight carries for seventy one, ten for sixty six, sixteen for ninety one, twenty for one hundred, eight for six, eighteen for eighty four, and then twenty six for two fifty six. So his best game. All year was actually before this was actually against Oregon in terms of total yards. He had a hundred. Um, the game against Cal, he averaged six point six. Um, well, they, the game against uh, Michigan State, he averaged eight point nine, but had eight carries for seventy one. So he rushed for the most yards against USC by a huge margin, over twice the amount. Like, what is going on with USC? I mean, we know what's going on, but. I just don't understand how you could be this bad. I just don't. And, you know, this is this is the type of stuff that ruins programs. I mean, this guy has been with Lincoln Riley for, what, five years at this point? I mean, going back to Oklahoma, 
and that was Oklahoma's problem, and you just do the same thing at USC, dude, there's no way you're going to win a playoff game with a defense that's that bad. I don't care how many points you score. I mean, put, put, letting Cal put up 49 on you, unacceptable. Unacceptable. And I don't know. I feel like this was too little too late for this year. So maybe there will be some improvement for USC next year. But, I mean, they lost. Their season is pretty much done. See you win the cheez Bowl, USC. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as far as Caleb crying, I don't really know. I mean, I'd probably be crying if my defense was that bad too. <laughs> it makes yeah, me want to cry I'm pretty right different now. about that. I'm pretty different about the whole situation. I don't even know yeah, what it I feels mean, look, like. I mean, I want to cry right now thinking about that defense. They make me want to cry. That's how bad they are because that's just a blight on, on our sport of football being that bad. Yeah, they're like the reverse Iowa. They really are. I want to see Iowa versus USC. That's that's what the bowl matchup should be. Seriously. The bowl I mean, matchup both should around, be They're Iowa both around USC. there. I mean, Iowa's <laughs> like two losses, right? Around there or maybe yes. three losses. So I think they have two. So I don't know. Maybe that's that might that's the ultimate sickle bowl. That'd that be, um... should be the bowl game. And you know what? I will be watching. Please, can the football gods just do us a favor? Since these are two storylines that we've been following all year, we've been following the Iowa twenty-five points per game, which they have no chance of of hitting, and we've been following the USC defense. Uh come on, guys, do the country a favor and put Iowa versus USC in the bowl game together. Come on, man. I don't know what bowl it would be, but this is what the country needs. This is what the country needs. Yeah, I mean, that's too funny. I'm, just, I'm just looking at USC's schedule, man. They've lost every single game they've played against a solid team at least. I mean, they got two G5 wins at the beginning of the year. They beat Stanford. They beat Arizona State, which was a dogfight. Colorado ended up being a dogfight in the end. They only won by one touchdown. They beat Arizona in what triple overtime? I mean, I mean, well, they get we'll smacked by Notre Dame. They lose to Utah. They beat Cal by one. I mean, this is terrible. This is. This team is nowhere near being a contender for the conference, let alone the playoff. I mean, every single team with a winning record pretty much beat them besides Arizona, which they went to triple overtime with. Like, what is going on, man? This team has so many issues. I don't even know if you could even fix it in one offseason. I mean, maybe they get some good coordinator. Um. The good news is, for USC fans, I guess you can't really get any worse. But, I mean, if this if this defense was average, this is probably a playoff team. That's the crazy part. Like, if you could just get three stops a game, because USC usually doesn't have a problem scoring. Never, yeah. I mean... But this is just, I don't know. I mean, Washington pretty much played the way I expected Washington to play on offense. Besides the running back going off for over 250 yards. I mean, Penix was Penix. The receivers were going off. Um, There's not really much to take away on that 
side of the ball. But um, Alex Grinch is finally fired. Caleb was crying after the game. I mean, I don't know. I guess at least he cares. But I don't know. Social media is going to make fun. They're going to have their memes and people are going to have their takes. But I don't really care, honestly. Yeah, like I, I don't even – I mean, obviously we have a podcast, so I did think twice about it. But like outside of that, I didn't really think twice about it. Yeah, I mean, I mean – all my thoughts were just that other people were gonna make fun of him for it. Like, yeah, I get, I get, like, uh, he, he was like in his mom's arms and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, like, it's a yeah. little, it's a little silly. I, I get it. Like, I see why the, where the jokes are coming from, but like, who cares? Like, I think, like, what is that? What does him crying says? Like, what does that have to do with me? It has literally nothing to do with me. Yeah, so. I mean, look, and you know, you know, I never miss an opportunity to make fun of USC or talk trash about USC. But I, don't, mm. I get this time, I don't care. I will say for all you clowns on Twitter talking about that you wouldn't draft him because he was crying with his mom, you're you're a fool. Well, like, that's why your team probably sucks. Yeah, like you're a clown, like an actual clown. Like I get it. I don't actually. I don't get that. But let's move on because I I just saw some idiotic takes about that over the weekend. I was just like, all right, it's one thing to joke about him, but it's another thing to take it. And act like he's not uh, one of the most talented quarterback prospects we've seen in a long time because he was crying. Like, come on, man. But um, let's talk about Kansas State and Texas, a game that, I mean. It was crazy. Kansas State really should have never even <laughs> been in the game. Like, Texas really jumped out early. They were up 17-7 at half. Um, I think at one point they are even up. Well, they were up seventeen um, zero at 20, first. Yeah, seventeen zero, and then they were up like twenty seven to. Um, where are they up? Like maybe not twenty seven. I don't know, but they were up big a, a few times in this game, and it kind of felt like it was over. But Kansas State, they they man, they stayed around. They fought. Um, as obviously, no uh, thanks to Texas who turned the ball over a few times. Malik Murphy had two terrible interceptions. One really cost him because he threw it. Um, and it wound up giving uh, Kansas State the ball inside the red zone. And then they fumbled like a possession later or two possessions later. And, and then, like you said, it kind of got wild. Uh, so Texas was able to survive, led by a star performance from A.D. Mitchell. I thought A.D. Mitchell really stood out in this game and yeah, kind of took over. Um, yeah, they were and, up 27 to 14. Um, 27 like, to 14. Late, late in the third was. quarter. Yeah, I mean Malik Murphy. I mean, this is just what happens. We have a backup. Yeah, I think. Um, obviously He's he fine. was he was good enough to win the game, but he definitely made some mistakes that I think a starter probably wouldn't make. Like I think if Quinn Ewers is playing, they might win this game by ten points. Yeah, maybe more. Yeah, like, I mean, but Kansas State is a good team, so you got to give them credit for for their performance. Mm-hmm. Um, they just kept on playing. Will Howard just kept on playing. I mean, but Texas, man, I don't know. I think the good thing about Texas is that they don't really have any tough games going forward. I mean, you can't really sleep. They do got to go to Iowa State. That can be tricky. But I'm not really worried about TCU, Iowa State, or Texas Tech going forward. I think they should win out and make the Big 12 title game. Um, hopefully Quinn Ewers comes back, but yeah, I think, I think Malik Murphy was just fine. 
Um, I mean, he looked like a backup. Here's what I'll say. I think people are kind of sleeping on Texas a little bit. Um, I mean, Texas beat Bama, and Bama, we're going to talk about Bama in a second, but Bama's a really good team. People, Bama might be better than Texas, actually. Um, but I think Texas is I still I think right a, now, a, a, a I'd probably team. take Bama to beat Texas right now. Yeah, but I, I'm, I don't know with if there's yours. many other teams. If there's many other teams, we have, this is all speaking with you. Is obviously Texas with Malik Murphy, I don't truly think is a national threat. Yeah. Um, they do need their starting quarterback back. But with their starting quarterback, I think they have more than enough weapons on the outside. They have good offensive line and a solid defense. Like It's not bad. I know they gave, they kind of gave it up to Kansas State, but I mentioned they had two turnovers that put the ball in plus territory for Kansas State. Um, outside yeah. of that, you take those points off the board there, Kansas State really isn't getting anywhere close to 30 points. And Right. Obviously, Texas doesn't have an elite defense, but with an offense as high-powered as that, you only need to make a few stops per game, and I think Texas' defense is more than capable uh, of doing that. Maybe not, but it, it, based on what I've seen so far, especially on the secondary is a little bit... Texas, Texas' defense is pretty good. I mean, but it's solid. they yeah, let it's, Kansas it's score 30, but like you said, there was turnovers in their territory, so you kind of got... You can't, you can't say, oh, their defense sucks because of that, and... In a game like this, you got to be able to put up more than 30 on yeah, I mean, Kansas I'm look, State. I'm looking at their point totals. 10 against Rice, 24 to Bama, 10 yeah. to Wyoming, 6 to Baylor, 14 to Kansas. Oklahoma beat them with 30, or 34, I should say. And then Kansas State scored 30. But then BYU only scored 6. Houston only scored 24. So the scoring defense has been pretty good. They've kept it down for the most part. Obviously, Oklahoma scored more than 30, and they've won. But I think that's kind of the key. If Texas defense can keep their opponent under 30, Texas should be able to win most games because they scored over 30 in every single one of their games. Facts. Every single one. So Even with backup quarterback. Even with the backup quarterback, yep. They had 33. The closest they got was 31. Uh, but everything else, they, they hit 31 twice, but they've been over 30, 31 every single game. So. Then I think, I think Malik Murphy is going to get better. Every yeah, for week. sure, as he gets more playtime. Especially against his other teams because Kansas State is definitely the best team that he's going to play, assuming that he finishes this, the regular season. Um, hopefully they get yours back for at least the Texas Tech game before the Big 12 title game. But I think I think these games against TCU and Iowa State are going to be um, really good for Malik Murphy. Because they're solid teams, but they're not terrible. Agreed. All right, let's keep it moving and get into this Bama LSU game. This is one of the biggest games every year, and as usual, it did not disappoint. Um, both teams really came out and looked like they were playing their best games. Obviously, um, Jalen Daniels went down a little later on into the game, and Bama was able to kind of pull away and and uh, win this game by two scores. But I think Bama uh, wins by two scores, regardless. Regardless, uh, yeah, I was gonna say that's why I was saying. The way it was going. Bama right. was 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 owning them up front, and they were this running is, that ball. I mean, Milrow had four rushing touchdowns. Yo, he went off. This is funny that um, both quarterbacks were both the leading passer and leading rusher in the game for really? each team. Yes, I mean, Jalen um, Daniels is usually the leading rusher, though. 
for his yeah, team. Jaden Daniels had 11 carries, 163 yards. Jalen Murrow had 20 carries, 155 yards. They both threw for 219 yards exactly with 15 completions exactly. Um, Jaden Daniels had one more attempt, uh, and he had the two passing touchdowns and the interception compared to Jalen Murrow's four rushing touchdowns. But uh, like you said, they were moving the ball. Felt like Bamba was kind of dominating in the trenches. Um, Salute to Bama, man. That defense is pretty legit. I mean, LSU was scoring um, at the same at the same time, but we knew how how good this LSU offense is, and they're going to score points um, pretty much against anybody. And for Alabama to hold them to what they were able to do, yeah, you got to give them, yeah, you got to give them their credit. So, um, I don't know, I Jalen Murrow, man, as as he just continues to impress me, man. No mistakes. As long as he doesn't make any mistakes, man, Bama's going to be a hard team to beat. They could beat Georgia. Yeah, I like Milro, man. Milro is getting way better every week. Way better. I mean, it's pretty clear that he's the best option at quarterback at this point. Um, I don't even know why they were doing that flip-flop nonsense in the beginning, but it's working now. And Bama is, is that team that, it's just improving every single week. You can't really count them out. Um, and that's what I like to see from a team. You know, they had that stinker against South Florida. They've had some weird games in the beginning. Um, they did lose against Texas. But since then, they've just found a way to win every time. Just find a way. And you got to give them credit for that. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Georgia in the SEC title game. <laughs> I really won't. I think the talent level is similar. Um, I think Georgia. Yeah. I thought Georgia had the advantage at quarterback, but as as we just mentioned, Jalen Murrow has been improving steadily. Yeah. So I mean, even if it is an advantage, it's a small advantage. Yeah, very slight. Uh, Brock Bowers is out. If if he'll be back for that game, um, maybe that gives. Georgia the edge because he's probably the best player on the field regardless yeah. of the team. Yeah, he is the best player on the field if he's back for that. If he's not back for that, oh no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Georgia's defense is pretty solid though. I could definitely see them um shutting down Alabama's offense. Although 42 points is they're pretty potent. Although LSU's defense is kind of well, their secondary is so bad. So that's yeah. one thing I, I wanted to bring up is like, yeah, Milrow looked better. You give you got to give credit for Bama's offense for putting up 42. But LSU's secondary is so bad. And they've had injuries too. I think they've had – I think both starting corners got hurt. Um, This offseason they took four corners in the portal. So, I mean, what does that tell you about their team? Um, I don't know, man. I just think, like, yeah, like, at the same time, like, yes, Bama has gotten better, but at the same time, LSU's defense stinks more than secondary. So, I don't really think that if, if Bama was playing against Georgia, that, that Milrow is going to have as good of a day passing. But, um, yeah, I think, I think Alabama – should be the fate well not the favorite to make the SC title, but the favorite to be the second team to make it. 
Um, I don't even know if anybody else could make it, what the scenarios are in the SEC. Is there anybody else with one loss? Oh, yeah, Ole Miss has one loss, which we will get into. But other than that, you just got Georgia on the SEC East. Missouri has two losses. Tennessee has two losses. And in the West, you got Bama, who's undefeated in conference. Ole Miss with one loss, and then LSU with two conference losses. So it's it's getting a little more clear with uh, the standings in the SEC. And Georgia has to play Ole Miss next week, so that's going to be a big one for the conference. Yeah, and um, Alabama, their final three games are Kentucky, Chattanooga, Auburn. They're on the road, and their final two SEC games against Kentucky and Auburn. So um, neither an environment that's easy to go in and, and, and play, especially the Iron Bowl at the end of the year. Um, but, yeah, they, they do have the fast track to – Atlanta because, like you mentioned, Ole Miss already has a conference loss, and that conference loss is to none other than who? Alabama. Yep. So they have the tiebreaker in that. Um, and so, yeah, so it's looking good for Alabama right now. I mean, you still got to go out there and win your games and, and compete, but uh, on paper, they should be feeling good. And um, speaking of Ole Miss – they were able to survive Texas A&M. Um, Jackson Dart needed to go sicko mode. Um, what is their, their wide receiver, man? Number nine. Oh, boy. What is his name? Let me find his name. They was going off, man. Buddy, Trey Harris, man. Trey Harris, senior wide receiver, Ole Miss. That guy had 11 catches, 213 yards, and a touchdown. Um. Quinshawn Judkins continues to show that he's one of the SEC's best running backs um, with 100 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Ole Miss gets it done. A&M gave them a great shot, though. I thought A&M kind of found some consistency in their run game, which kind of made it easier for Max Johnson, their quarterback, to play. He, he threw for 300 yards and a touchdown. He did have that one interception, but for the most part, he had a pretty solid game. Um but Ole Miss, man, they are they're rolling. They're a, they're a quiet, sneaky team this year. Um, like I, we just mentioned, Alabama has to kind of beat themselves coming up uh, over the next couple of weeks. But Ole Miss does still have a chance to backdoor themselves into some pretty significant talk. Well, if they, uh, if they win they this game against Georgia, then they you know I mean? are definitely in there. Yeah. So, um, big test coming up. Lane Kiffin, man. Let's talk a little bit about him because I know there was some talk about him this offseason and if he's really the guy or if he's a fraud. A lot of talk similar to what Lincoln Riley is getting right now, but he has his Rebels in the SEC 8-1. and one. Um, so How do you feel about that program and them overall? I, mean, I know you mentioned that there's a big test against Georgia next week, so is that really where you're going to just judge them based off of how they perform next week? No, I'm not really going to judge them based off that game, but I do think they are in a better position than they were last year. We saw 2021, right, was when they went 10-2 and with Matt Corral. Yeah. Um, in 2022, they kind of went a little bit far, a little bit down. But this year, they look they look really good, and I think they definitely have a chance to make the New Year's Six, game, New Year's Six Bowl. Um, so, yeah, definitely looking for them to, to – potentially contend for that SEC title game next year. Um, 
Yeah, but this game against A&M was, was crazy. I don't know how much you watched, but this was an absolute banger. It was going back and forth. They were up two scores. Then A&M the was up goal. two scores. And, yeah, A&M yeah. blocked a field goal returner for a touchdown. Then, then A&M was up two scores in the second half. And, and Ole Miss came storming back. This game was just crazy from both teams. And um, it looked like it looked like it could have been anybody's game. Um, I mean, even in the end, I heard uh, I heard Lane Kiffin. I think in the press conference say that that he just he was he was glad that that they had the ball at the end or whatever because he knew that that A and M was going to score like if they got the ball again. Um. So. Yeah, that just shows you how how wild of a game it was. Um, I mean, what do you think the the countdown on on Jimbo being fired is? You think he gets fired this year or next year or? Man, I mean, let's look let's look at the rest of the schedule. Um, Mississippi State, Abilene Christian, and then LSU on the road. It depends. I really think it depends on how the LSU game goes because that's going to be like it's going to leave. That's going to kind of leave the taste in everybody's mouth for the rest of the season. I mean, I guess they'll play in a bowl game, um, but if they get beat down by LSU, then I think the fans will kind of be done with Jimbo. I think if they play well against LSU or beat LSU, and then they go on and win their bowl game, he might get one more year, and then we'll see what he does with that. But it's not looking good for him. I'll, I'll, I'll say that it's definitely on the closer side to him being fired. Then um, his buyout is still like sixty million dollars, I think. Yeah, and I know as as each year goes by, it gets cheaper and cheaper. So Slightly they might just cheaper. let him. Yeah, I know. I, I, <laughs> I don't know the exact numbers, but uh, I'm sure they're they'll take anything that they can get at this point. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, their losses on the year are all to ranked teams. Except for Miami, um, yeah, who so also just like had a stinker. Here, yeah, so it's not like out like they're out here losing to Arkansas, like my Florida still, Gators are. But still, but this is not what Texas A and M should be. All we hear about be. is their talent, their recruiting right. class, and and you can see the talent on the field too. So it's just coaching. Jimbo stinks. I think you had you when well, you have guys like Anaya Smith. And Evan Stewart, I know Evan Stewart didn't play against Ole Miss. When you have guys like that, and um, like, like those guys would be starters on most teams around the country, right? And you can't win most of your games. Like you can't go nine and three. At least you can't go ten and two. Like, like you're stuck in that eight and four, seven and five range. Like, like it's a meme at this point, right? Going back to Kevin Sumlin, he was Mr. Eight and Four, and then Jimbo Fisher, same thing, eight and four. This year it looks like they're gonna go seven and five, which is even worse. But you know, they there was guys calling up Dabo to asking him why they're paying him a million dollars to be four and four or eleven million dollars to go four and four. They need to be calling up Jimbo asking Jimbo. him why they're paying him all that money <laughs> to go freaking seven and five because right, it's ridiculous. Right. It doesn't make any sense. How can you have all these top recruiting classes and then not even be a contender? Okay, every year you're not going to be a national championship contender. But you should at least be in the running for your conference title game in November, okay? 
Can we get there? Can we try to be in the running for the SEC championship game in November? And next year, it only gets tougher with Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC. You're not going to be able to play a, a bunch of these bad teams. Like one of these games against a Mississippi State or an Arkansas or Auburn when they're bad is going to get swapped out by Oklahoma or Texas. It's true. They're probably going to be having Texas as one of their permanent rivals, correct? I'm assuming. I know. Well, I'll put. A, I'm not gonna. I don't want to get in between this beef because I don't know the full story. But supposedly, so, somebody's ducking, and I'm not gonna say no names. Well, yeah, somebody ducked, right? But aren't they? Aren't but, they going to be permanent rivals in the SEC though? I mean, they haven't announced anything with SEC scheduling because the SEC is too cool for all that. So, oh brother, yeah, too cool. Supposedly Texas was ducking. They didn't want to. They didn't want to play A and M, but they have to. That's why they. That's why they haven't been playing all this. All this time, they have to they, play A and M. They could have been playing all these years, but, but supposedly it probably is Texas because Texas wants to eat off that weak schedule in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I mean, I but, like I said, I can't. They can't man, eat off that know, schedule but, no more. They gotta put. Every year they should be playing A and M in Oklahoma and their, I guess what three permanent rivals, they should have A and M Oklahoma and then I don't know who else they would get maybe Missouri to bring back the Big Twelve games but <laughs> I don't know. I think Jimbo most likely gets fired after next season depending on how it goes. I think if they have another seven and five, he probably gets fired in twenty four after twenty four. Yeah, that would make sense, to be honest. All right. Um, Louisville cruises over Tech. Penn State cruises over Maryland. But there is mayhem between Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Yeah. Oklahoma State, they do it again. They get the final two in a row in that major rivalry between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. They win that 24-27. to um, respect my Gundy. I mean, we we've been talking about Oklahoma State for like the past like twelve episodes that we've done, and I feel like well, first the it media was bad, not, and then now it it's was very good. bad. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they have just been quietly just yeah. Well, national media wins. hasn't really been talking about them, but yo, national media hasn't said. But look, they had like, a win over Kansas State, Kansas, like, and Oklahoma. Yep. The college it football like guys that I've been that I've been listening to have been tapped in. They are. They honestly, it's looking like they're going to be the ones to play Texas for. Yep, the, the Big, Big 12. Twelve Championship. And I wouldn't count them out either. I would not count them out. I, w- I wouldn't. I mean, the way they played against Oklahoma, they they ran the ball. They were first off. They were balanced. I would say they ran the ball well. 137 yards from their top running back. Two touchdowns. Bowman threw the ball for 334 yards. He didn't throw any touchdowns, but he didn't throw any interceptions yeah, at all. That running back looks like one of the best running backs in the country now. He is different. That dude's a beast. He's a beast. They played good defense against a, a, a potent offense, an offense that we all know can score a lot of points. And it wasn't like Oklahoma wasn't driving the ball. They were moving the ball. They just couldn't finish or they would turn the ball over. I mean, they have a lot of yards. I mean, Dylan Gabriel ended with 344 yards, 
Um, Sawchuck ended with 111 yards on 13 carries. Drake Stoops ended with 134 receiving yards on 12 catches. So it wasn't like Oklahoma wasn't moving the ball. It was just Oklahoma's defense, they stood tall when they needed to. Forced a lot of punts. And like you said, man, Texas needs to be worried. I like Texas, and I like them over Oklahoma State with Quinn Ewers. But if that's Malik Murphy against Oklahoma State, I don't even know uh-oh. who would be favored. You think you think Texas uh-oh. would even be favored in that scenario? I mean, that's still a few weeks away, so I'm assuming Malik Murphy would still be a little bit would get a little bit more comfortable and improve. So Texas might be the slight favorite because he'd have been playing for about a month and change at that point. But that's assuming the best for Texas. He couldn't digress in this next three weeks, four weeks. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's that, It really is up in the air. Yeah, man. I mean, Oklahoma State is one of those teams where they're probably never going to be a, a national championship contender. But they just know who they are, and they lean into it. I mean, if they didn't have that stinker against what was it, Texas State or South Alabama? It was South. I think it was South Alabama. If they don't have that stinker, they'd be undefeated right now, and they no, would. No, they lost to Iowa State as well. Oh yeah, they did lose to Iowa State, so they have two losses, right? So they have one conference yeah. loss. Okay. One conference loss. And they'd have one loss. They might be the highest ranked team in the Big Twelve since they beat Oklahoma. I mean, maybe Texas would be above them. Maybe. They would be a top 10 team. But, yeah, they would be. Like, I don't know, man. This team this team might end up winning this conference, and wouldn't that be something? It, it would. The last and year. I would, I'll put it like this. I know um, ACC fans and Pac-12 fans are hoping that happens because I don't think Oklahoma State gets into the to the playoffs and no, they don't get into the playoffs. Would, Not with two losses. Yeah, that would make yeah. And I know there's a, there'd be an argument for maybe Texas getting in, depending on if they win, and that would just make it more funky for the ACC champion and the Pac-12 champions or runners up. So that would kind of eliminate a whole entire conference from the and and kind of open yeah, up the entire you, playoffs. If you for, have a two loss champion, your conference is not getting in the playoffs. Yeah. No. Pretty, pretty unless, much not. Unless, unless there's a scenario like last year where TCU got in because they were 12 and 1. But that would take everybody else to kind of have either one loss or two losses. And this year, I don't think it's going to happen because I think the Pac 12 is either going to be undefeated Washington or one loss Oregon. They would get in over, over a Big 12 team. Um, you had the SEC, which is going to be undefeated Georgia. Or one loss, Bama. Um, the Big Ten is going to be either undefeated. It's going to be an undefeated Michigan or Ohio State. And then you have Florida State out there. Like, that would be the four. So, yeah, the Big 12 cannot have a two-loss champion. The Big 12 might not even get in with a one-loss champion. It's true, depending on how things play out. I mean, in the scenario that so. I just said, I think the Big 12 still gets left out. If there's an undefeated Florida State, undefeated SEC champion in Georgia, or even one loss Bama, um, 
undefeated Washington coming out the Pac-12 or one loss Oregon. I think all those teams get in before the Big 12 team. If Texas only has one lo- only has one loss and it's Oklahoma and they have that win over Bama, it'll be hard for them to get. I think they'll have a strong argument. I don't know if they'll get in, but they'll have a good argument. Um, they need Florida State to lose. They really do. They need Florida State to lose a game. What they are praying for is for Florida State to lose in the ACC title game against whoever, hopefully Louisville. Or Washington. If Washington loses and, it, and it's to Oregon in the Pac-12 title game, Oregon would still get in over Texas. Yeah, but Washington wouldn't get in. Yeah, but they would. there would still be three other teams getting in, though, <laughs> in that scenario. Who are three other teams? It would, let's say Big Ten team, SEC team, and Florida State. One of the, I forgot about the Big Ten. You're right. No, I forgot about the Big Ten. You're yeah, right. Because one of them is going to be undefeated, whether it's Michigan yeah. or Ohio State. Michigan or Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, Penn State is technically still out there, but I don't, I don't trust them no, to win. No, no, no. They're out. They're out. They're out. They're out. Like they're not beating Michigan this week, so that's going to be put to rest for real. Um, talk to us real quick about Oregon, um, and how they played, and then we'll talk about Notre Dame and Clemson. Man. It was a weird game at the beginning. It was sloppy from both teams. I think both teams turned the ball over in the beginning. Um, Bucky, Bucky, or not Bucky, Bo Nix threw an interception. It was right into Ted Johnson's hands, but he bobbled it, and it just went right into a defender's hands who walked in for a pick six. Uh, We fumbled the ball in a bad snap where a guy was going in motion across and the center snapped it at the wrong time, so it like went the ball went into the guy, and then Cal was able to recover that. Um, Cal did throw an early interception, so it was kind of like even in the beginning in terms of turnovers. But the score was was what it was like fourteen to thirteen in the first quarter. Yeah, it was but, something weird for sure. Yeah, but you just knew you were like, all right, if Oregon just doesn't turn the ball over, this is gonna get blown out. You know, this game is gonna get they're gonna get blown out. So. And that's what happened. We ended up rolling. We played pretty well. Tess Johnson had his best game as a as an Oregon player. Um, yeah, almost 200 yards. Yeah. Yep. Um, Bo Nix. Bo Nix. He had six total touchdowns, four passing, two rushing. Um, Bucky Irving, 18 carries, 89 yards, a touchdown. He also had four catches for 28 yards, so over 120 yards for him. Um, Jordan James, seven carries, 44 yards, and a touchdown. He's averaging 6.3 yards a carry. I mean, this team is just so good, man. We just put away these bad teams. We don't let these guys hang around. We don't get into dogfights. Whatever Lanning is telling these guys, I need him to tell it to me so I could do whatever I'm supposed to do because <laughs> this is crazy. Like it just se- it just seems like no matter who we play against, we just play to our standard. Of course things are never perfect, but we don't really 
let the opponent affect our our performance. Um, it's a common saying around the program. They say Oregon versus Oregon, and they really, I think they really live by it because no matter who they play, they just blast them, and you're just seeing that. I mean, Bo Nix, super efficient, 29 for 38, 386 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. He had two rushing touchdowns. I mean, this dude is just an elite college quarterback. The efficiency is crazy. He, I think he's averaging, not average, yeah, I think he's averaging like 80% completion percentage on the year. There's just nobody that's at his level in terms of efficiency in the country. I think he has a legit shot at the Heisman. He just needs that moment. Um, so hopefully it comes in that Pac-12 title game because I really do think he has a shot. Um, you look at everybody else. You got Jaden Daniels, who has three losses. Penix is still out there, but he's had a few uh, mediocre games. I mean, the one game he didn't even throw a touchdown against Arizona State. So, I mean, Bo Nix hasn't had any any game like that. He's been consistent for the entire year. It's like every game he has 250 passing yards and two touchdowns, and those are like where the numbers are. But this one, almost 400 four passing touchdowns. Just crazy. Um, Tess Johnson, 12 catches, 180 yards, two touchdowns. Troy Franklin, six catches, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Trayshawn Holden caught a touchdown. Terrence Ferguson, the tight end, caught a touchdown. So this is this is just the type of stuff you want to see, man. Even when our backups win the game, we were still rolling. That's why we scored 63. I think we scored two touchdowns with the backups in. Um, Ty Thompson came in the game and looked really good. Uh, my confidence in him grows more and more every time I get to see him play. I hope that, that we can get him some more reps and garbage time going forward. Um, we do play Arizona State in two weeks, so I think that's going to be an opportunity. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the defense was, was hitting. Jamal Hill, shout out to Jamal Hill. There was two plays where a cow tried to throw these crossing routes, and two times Jamal Hill, the safety converted to linebacker, came up and smacked the dude right after he caught the ball. One time the dude fumbled. So shout out to him on a performance. Shout out to Steve Stevens with an interception. That was the other thing. Our defense is actually starting to create turnovers now. We have multiple turnovers in this game. Guys are just flying around and making plays, man. So everything I, I like to see from a team, I'm seeing. Um, you know, you've heard some people in the media saying they think we actually have a chance to win the national title. And I believe it. I think it's it's not that likely. I still think Georgia would be favored in that game if we played against Georgia. But don't be surprised if we make it to the natty. That's all I'm saying. Um like I'm 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 confident, man. Like especially especially if we play against like Florida State or somebody like that in the playoff. Like if we play Georgia in the playoff game, I'm not that confident. But if we make the playoffs and and play like Florida State or Ohio State, I'm pretty confident. Even Michigan, because Michigan hasn't even won a bowl game yet. So look. Like I, I don't really trust none of those teams. I got to see I'll be Washington first. And then we can talk about Natty. Look, it's coming. 
All right. Don't worry about it. All right. I mean, you know what else is? Never mind. I was about to say some great wild out of pocket yeah, stuff. Yeah, just keep that yeah, to I'm yourself. Not gonna, yeah, I'm not even. <laughs> well, how about your Clemson Tigers, which you picked to make the playoff, and they are nowhere near being in the playoff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they they came up big. They came up big for me this uh, <laughs> this weekend, though. Uh, what a disappointing loss for Notre Dame, though. I mean, Notre Dame's a team that we've we've both been talking pretty high highly of this year. I yeah, mean, I don't know, man. We should have we should have guessed this though, because this is, I guess, the true Notre Dame. I mean, but they really look like they were a solid team this year. They're playing really good football, and Death Valley was just too much. I mean, I think I think Clemson really got a boost from from that stadium today. Um, they also I think they got a boost from Tyler from Spartanburg. I think um, that really fired those guys yeah, up. Yeah. I know they talked about it Shout out in to the Tyler. press conference. They said uh, that they were playing with a chip on their shoulder. Shout out to Tyler. So shout out to Tyler. He's a legend. Clemson fans should love that guy because who knows what happens if he never calls and gets those guys pissed off in that locker room, gives them some bullets and more yeah, material. Clemson but, is a stock. You better buy it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sam Hartman was bad, man. 13 and 30, two interceptions. Okay, club that was oh. really no better, but I, I have 4. here in my notes. 4.9 yards are... per pass? I mean, Clubnick was worse. 4.2 yards <laughs> per pass. Jesus. I have it in my notes here. Both running backs are NFL. Both quarterbacks are not. Um, yeah, Phil Moffa I, I, went off, man. Yeah, Phil Moffa, man, he was giving me ETN flashes. I was like, yo, what's going on? He's a little bit more physical and thicker than ETN pause, but um, – <laughs> No, nah, what a game from that guy. And Estime, obviously, he didn't have as, as big numbers as um, Mafa did, but when he did carry the ball, he was effective, and he looked like one of the most dominant running backs in college. He's just too big and fast and strong for this league. We'll see how he does in the NFL, but uh, Phil Mafa in specific, I think that guy has a bright future ahead of him. Yeah, I guess this is a big win for Clemson. Um, yeah, I guess. I guess. I mean – I don't know. I don't know what to think about Clemson. There's not much to think about. Yeah, to be honest. they're just they're just not gonna get much better until Dabo decides to modernize. You gotta use nil in the portal, man. That's it. You're literally just like you're literally recruiting with a hand tied behind your back when you're doing that. Like you're just not gonna get the best roster you can. You're never gonna win a national title without doing that. You have to play the NIL game. You have to take people out of the portal. It is what it is. Look at Florida State. Why do you think Florida State is so much better than you now if you're Clemson? Florida State would smack Clemson. Well, they didn't play them. Yeah. They didn't really smack them earlier in the year. But, I mean, they're just they're just a way better team. Like, you got to look at how, how far that program has come over the years because of the portal. I mean, look at all their good players. They're all from the portal. Uh, Jordan Travis, I think he transferred before the portal was not was a thing, but he's a transfer. I mean, but Clemson wasn't even taking transfers before the portal. So you have Jordan Travis who was a transfer. You got Keon Coleman, Trey Benson, Jared Verse. Like all their best players are from the portal. So I don't know. I don't know, man. Dabo needs to needs to take somebody out the portal. There's probably a lot of guys that wish they could go play for Clemson, but he just won't take them. So, I mean, that's how he wants to be. He can he can be like that, and 
That's why Louisville has a better chance of winning the conference than you because they take people out the portal. <laughs> right. Louisville is going crazy this year. Yeah, I mean. All right, let's um, – no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll say I got three last things I want from you before we close out the show. Um, first, I don't even really want to talk about the Colorado game. Colorado Oregon stinks, State be- man. Yeah, yeah. Oregon State, they beat them. But I do want your Sean Kelly take if you have one. Um, Sean Kelly? The, um, the offensive coordinator for oh, Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, that they fired their – well, they demoted their OC. They demoted him. So the story is he he actually was the head coach of Kent yeah. State, I yep. believe. Kent State. And he left Kent State's head coaching job to be the OC here, and now he kind of got demoted. I will say, though, I do think he did – he got – the attention that he needed because I do believe he'll have a job somewhere next year as an OC or a head guy. Um, hey, when, cause I think when Will Stein gets that head coaching job, come over here. Yeah. I kind of want him for, for Florida and Pittsburgh <laughs> Steelers too. So I think, I think a lot of people are going to, are going to want his services. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really all I had my take on it. Yeah. I was going to uh, say that was, that's basically my take too is like, look, Offensive coordinator was not the problem in Colorado. Honestly, yeah. I don't think any coaching change would change what's going on in Colorado right now. Like, dude, the play caller is not going to help your O-line block better. Yeah, they just need to get guys in. You can't run the ball no matter who's calling the plays. You just – you physically cannot run the ball. And Oregon State kind of laid an egg, and they still won the game. But it's like, dude, Colorado – you're just a bad football team. You just have to freaking eat this year, Dion. Just eat this year and then try to get better in the offseason. And that's the goal for next year is to go bowling. You won four games. You're probably going to finish the season with four wins. And next year, you have to go bowling. That's it. That's the goal. You need to apologize to your OC. Say, my bad. That was a mistake. Mend that relationship. Keep your staff together and freaking move on. I feel like – I don't know. I, I feel like Dion is making some mistakes that – I don't know if you if I should say you can't come back from. I mean, yeah, you could always hire a new guy, but it's like – I don't know. At the same time, you need some stability because there's a difference between your guys leaving because they're taking better jobs. Like if your coordinators are taking head coaching jobs places – that means they're probably performing well. But if you're firing guys or guys are just leaving because they're disgruntled, I don't know. And, and he, the guy and, and their OC hasn't left yet. So, I mean, we don't really know what's going on, if, if he's even mad or whatever. But, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just think that you should just kind of let this try to try your best for these last few games and then – when the season's over, you just gotta gotta try to recruit and and get better players and 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 see what happens next year because there was no like I don't I don't need to understand what their expectation was. I mean, like the way they're operating is like they thought they were gonna win a bunch of games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it makes sense for USC to fire the guy mid year, right? Because I mean, they thought they were a championship contender. The country kind of looked at them as one. But like I said, they pretty much lost every game against a good team that they played, and they've been in dogfights with the mid-teams. So, 
I don't know. Like Colorado is a bad team. Firing a coordinator or demoting a coordinator is not going to change that. And they were terrible. What did they have? 78 yards at half? Come on. Yeah, they only scored 19 points. They, you could see that they were not the same offense. So Terrible. All right. And then lastly, um, I didn't get a chance to watch the Arizona-UCLA game or the Army-Air Force game. We were confident. I was confident. I already knew the vibes of what Arizona was oh, about yeah. to do to we UCLA. Were that, you, we, we've been on that one. Uh, they rolled 27 to 10. Um, and then Army, man, they, they only scored three. I mean, uh, Army, they only hold uh, they hold Air Force to only three points. And they give Air Force their first loss of oh. the year. So give me your, your thoughts about those two games. I'm not sure if you checked those out, but if you did. Um, well, I wasn't able to watch what, what the, like, the Arizona game. Not Arizona, okay. the, uh, the Army okay. and Air Force game live. But <sighs> Air Force, man. I mean, this is what happens when you turn the ball over. Um, okay. They threw an interception. I think they had two fumbles. Mm. And when you're playing against other triple option teams, you know the game is going to be short because nobody's throwing a pass. So they're going to chew clock. And they're also not built to come back from behind. So once you get down by two scores, it's tough, man. So Army was able to do just enough to to keep the lead. And what a stinger from Air Force, man. Yeah, sucks. Sad to see. Ends the magical run. So it it looks like Tulane is going to be that G5 team. Although they escaped 13-10. They barely beat East Carolina. It was 1-8. So. Exactly. So they they had a little bit of a stinker. I don't know what happened there, but but yeah, um, you got you got Tulane still out there. Um, I'm trying to remember, JMU was undefeated, but they're banned from postseason. Um, you got SMU was out there, I think, with one or two losses, but they're they're actually tied for first in the American with UTSA as well. So okay. this American race is going to be is coming down to the end. You got Tulane, UTSA, and SMU tied for first. SMU, I know they want to win this league. The last year that they're in it before they go to the ACC, that'll be right. big for them. But you know, I'm rooting for them Roadrunners. So uh-huh. here we go. But I think I think Tulane is going to win this league and be that G5 team in the New Year's Six. Right. But um, man, Arizona, Arizona UCLA. Yeah. Noah Fafita is a beast, man. He had over three, he had over three hundred yards passing. He just he's just such a good player, man. He's so fun to watch. <laughs> like he just doesn't. It's it's actually so refreshing to watch him versus Jaden Delar because you just know that Arizona is a program that just shouldn't be terrible. Like they should be a team that goes bowling most years, right? And when you have a quarterback like Fafita that just doesn't do the dumb stuff, and he's athletic. He can make plays with his arm and his legs. It's just so refreshing to watch. Um, so you, you kind of get the good in a quarterback just without the dumb stuff. So he's not out here throwing picks. He's not throwing his team out of a game. He's taking what the defense gives him. Arizona's good enough on the outside to make plays. And, man, they just had a comfortable win against UCLA. I don't know what's going on at UCLA. They're, they're not playing Dante Moore. I think they played both Colin Schley and Ethan Garbers in a game on Saturday, but I don't know. Maybe Dante Moore is going to hit the portal. We'll see. But we'll see, we'll see Fafita, for sure. Man, definitely rocking with Noah Fafita. Definitely going to be dangerous in the Big 12 next year too. So shout out to Noah Fafita. For sure, yeah. Arizona doing, doing us proud here. 
on Road to Glory. Yes, sir. We've been we've been rocking with them a couple of weeks now. They're uh, winning some big games. But uh, all right, real quick, let's do some rapid fire scores. Arkansas over Florida, thirty nine to thirty six. Not going to talk about that. I didn't even watch the game. Florida sucks. <laughs> uh, Nebraska, a team that we were thinking maybe could get bowl eligible, couldn't even beat Michigan State. Typical Nebraska. <laughs> Michigan State is literally in the mud. That was their first Big Ten win of the year. Uh, just very, very sad. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Nebraska in our upcoming episode and take a look at their schedule to see what they can even do I mean, to get Nebraska more Nebraska still has five wins. So they only need to win one of these they games. One more. So, they play yeah, we'll Maryland, see. Wisconsin, and Iowa. It's going to be tough, but they do have a shot. For sure. Yep. You mentioned Jacksonville State versus South Carolina. It could be a weird one. Based off the records and and how Jack, well Jacksonville State has been playing, and it it was man, it was a back and forth game, and South Carolina was only kind of really able to secure the win uh, late there with about five minutes left in the fourth yep. quarter. Um, so they win that game thirty eight to twenty eight over we Jacksonville State. We did. We talked about it. Make sure you guys tune into our preview shows. Um, Sam Houston got their first win, another game that I was standing ten toes on. Yes, sir. I said. I said they'd get their first FBS win, um, and they did go ahead and get their first <laughs> FBS win with a game-winning field goal as time expired, 24-21. to 21. Um, Your Roadrunners, um, 5-0 in the American. Another American win over North Texas, 37-29. to 29. Uh, Memphis, that, they're a sleeper team here in, in, in G5. They're 7-2, and 4-1 in the American. Mm-hmm. They beat South Florida, 59-50. to 50. Um, Iowa... They only scored ten points this this uh, week, uh, but they still win somehow <laughs> over Northwestern. They move on a seven and two. No, Iowa is just yeah. honestly, <laughs> I don't know. I just keep going. <laughs> oh man, UCF! They get their first <laughs> big tw- Big Twelve win. It doesn't even count though because it's against a new Big Twelve team. So <laughs> in my book, in my book, they're still winless. Uh, but so is Cincinnati. They're still searching for their first Big Twelve win. Um, against anybody um, as they move to two and seven. Uh, James Madison and their pursuit to perfection, they stay perfect as they go on the road to Georgia State, a game that we said had some pretty major implications in the Sun Belt as Georgia State. Their season doesn't really have much left in it, but they're still a solid team that had upset potential, and JMU kind of handled them, uh, 42 to 14. Um, Auburn over Vandy. Um Texas State beat Georgia Southern in the fun belt, 45 to 24. Liberty, they stay perfect. Um, and I think that pretty much does it for the most. Oh, Miami loses to NC State. Again, that I think we also talked about was a very potential um, game that Miami could have lost. Um, Stanford over Washington State. What happened to their season? They just imploded man very sad and then uh i told you State, i man. told you what did i say i said i said wazoo had rumors about the coach leaving and the players openly talking Stanford about transfer. i mean what a stinker i didn't even watch the game but 10 to 7 7 yeah i didn't watch either i'm literally just seeing the score i thought that was the iowa score <laughs> i think it was <laughs> Yeah, Wazoo, man. Oh, man. I, I feel bad for Wazoo. I feel bad. Yeah. And then uh, Fresno State, they escaped Boise State 37-30, uh, to 30, a game that we knew was going to be another close, tough game. Yo. I'm actually going to go back and check out the highlights of this game. Oh, because Mountain West is, this... is going to be crazy. You still got UNLV out there. You still got Wyoming yeah. out there. Right. 
All right. So that'll do it for our recap show. Um, we appreciate all the love. And if you've been rocking with us this far into the show, we love you, man. Or woman. We appreciate you. We'll have our preview show for week 11 coming up in the next day or two. Um, so make sure you guys stay locked in to this podcast feed for that. Uh, we've been pretty hot with the picks recently, Yo. as we just mentioned. We we've been we've been seeing next week. Um, I'm looking at some of the looking for some of the top games. Do we got anything crazy coming up? Uh, Michigan, Penn State, Alabama's on the road to Kentucky, Miami, Florida State, Utah, Washington, Tennessee, Missouri. Oh yeah, so we got Ole Miss, Georgia. Yeah, we got some action coming up this this week. Oregon, USC. So full slate coming up for uh, week eleven. Looking forward to it. Um, until next time, peace.